Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals from the great state of Oklahoma. I am Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. Today on the podcast, we have another out-of-state guest, uh, Amber Tiemann. She will be our uh, keynote speaker at the OAESP uh, Leadership Conference, February 28th and 29th. Uh, she'll be bringing our closing uh, keynote on uh, on on leap day this year and so she is uh, from texas and has written a book called uh, leap with appreciation and so i hope you enjoy today's conversation with amber teeman welcome to the oasp principal podcast today on the podcast is a very special guest another out-of-state guest amber teeman Amber is going to be at the OAESP Leadership Conference February 29th. She will be our closing uh, keynote on Leap Day this year. So I want to welcome Amber to Oklahoma uh, next month. And uh, and Amber, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who is Amber Tiemann. And then talk a little bit about your path to the principalship and into school leadership. Absolutely. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. Um, I'm super excited about being there as well. Hopefully the weather will be a little bit calmer for us in the end of February. You know, it can get kind of tricky. Um, I am in Texas. I um, have been in education for 24 years. I started as a classroom teacher and finished my master's degree in instructional technology and curriculum. And so through that, somehow wound myself into the technology department in a very large school district where I worked as a technology facilitator, helping teachers integrate technology to impact student growth. Um, from there, I learned very quickly that the world of technology was, was very no-driven and it wasn't necessarily the happy place where I got to do all the fun things that I thought I was gonna get to do. So I quickly transitioned um, into school leadership and became an assistant principal and did that for five years and then became a principal for another five and a half, six years um, before having another opportunity to come to Crandall, Texas, which is where I am now. I am the executive director of technology and innovation, which means I'm responsible for all of the network pieces and all of those things, but also hopefully to turn this department into what that department wasn't. Um, We try to say yes at every opportunity and empower students and teachers with the tools and the things and all the fun stuff that they want to try, that innovation part of my title means I get to help maybe write a check for it and also support you integrating it into your classroom. But we have in Crandall now about 6,500 students. So we're considered a fast growth district. Um, I've been here three and a half years and we've added roughly a thousand students each year. <laughs> so we are we are outside of Dallas, but um, close enough to the country that people feel as if they're getting out of the city. And so it's kind of a, a place to be, apparently, and we're doing our best to educate these pirates one day at a time. All right. Well, very good. So, Amber, as you think back on your career, who are some mentors that really poured, poured into you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I have been very, very blessed. I'm a very big believer. My favorite quote is that the smartest person in the room is the room. And I've always been obnoxiously collaborative. I'm the person who wants to ask the questions and I want to ask to learn and to understand, but to also try to figure out those lenses and experiences that maybe I didn't necessarily have. And so even as a classroom teacher, I was always seeking opportunities to to connect and 
being able to speak and present at conferences kind of became the conduit to that. Um, George Kuros is, is a really good friend and we've actually been friends long before he was the George Kuros. Um, I think it's been about 13 years now, uh, but he's one of the people who helped connect me both virtually and in person to a lot of the people, including Jessica Cabine, um, that I get to consider friends and mentors. So um, as a principal, when I would struggle with something, I not only had my peers, but I could call Todd Whitaker because he would, we, we could talk, we could go to dinner and, and discuss whatever problems we were having. Um, so luckily I have found in my PLN virtually that there are no, no shortage of people who are willing to have conversations and learn from. Um, I had an opportunity with George to write a chapter in Because of a Teacher. And in that, I talked about how as a teacher, my campus principal at the time, his name is Mitt Price, um, really took notice of the things that I did outside of just teaching fourth grade and highly encouraged me to, to, he's the why I got my principal certification. That wasn't somebody that I, that wasn't a path I thought I was going to take. Um, and it was because of him that I got to do the very best job in the whole world, which was being elementary principal. And I, I've always been so appreciative of him seeing more of me than I saw within myself and, and put me on that path to, again, landing what I thought was the most perfect job ever. Uh, I mentioned to you that we, I just interviewed uh, Jessica Cabine mm -hmm. and, uh, and she talks about uh, the people that are in your life that constantly taps you on the, sh on the shoulder and says, Hey, have you ever thought about, uh, it, I was just saying that, you know, you have people that, that tap you on the shoulder. And so uh, that says, Hey, have you ever thought about, and mm -hmm. it sounds like that he, he was that person. Very much so. And I, I really tried to emulate that as a leader, um, as, as a principal, one of my, which is again, a, a bigger story, but I, I struggled that first year and, and it wasn't until the end of the year that I figured out that I was actually struggling. I didn't know <laughs> the whole time. Um, but through that experience, making sure to focus in on that strength that Mitt had, had shown me, which was, have you thought about what next, where do you want to be? How can I help you reach there? I had 27 people leave me during my tenure as a principal. Um, 23 of them were promoted. And so again, that ability to say, I'm going to put you in the right place in the right seat and give you the right opportunities or experiences for you to be able to move to the next place. My two, my executive, nope, my director of network services was a campus tech and has come back to me as a director. Both of my engineers worked for me as techs and are now in a higher position. And again, it's that positioning of, Hey, you should try this. Hey, you need to go to this. Hey, this is a great person to have in your, in your corner to, to support you trying to learn. So I, I highly enjoy doing that as well as having people like George or like a, a, a Dave Burgess that says you should write a book. And, and those are the kinds of people who give you that idea and that spark, but also are cheerleading for you when you cross that finish line. Yeah. So Amber, what's one thing you wish somebody would have told you about the principalship or school leadership in general be, before you stepped into that role? Oh my gosh, that's a good one. I think that had I, if I could go back then, I think one of the hardest pieces for me that I still, even in this role, don't understand how this could be true. There is no winning. <laughs> there is no, there is no utopia with a bow that you tie at the top and everything's perfect. And, and I found that if, if everyone was happy, then I wasn't necessarily challenging, pushing, encouraging, or growing. And I thought that if I made all the parents happy, then I was going to be a good principal. And that's what, that's what you had to do. You had to make parents happy. 
Well, that didn't always necessarily make your teachers happy. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to make my staff happy. As long as my teachers are happy, then I'm going to be a really great principal. Well, then that's not true because sometimes we have to push them outside of lanes that maybe they weren't necessarily ready for. Um, it's that measuring stick of an achiever. I'm a very big Enneagram person. And so the achiever in me feels like you have to check the box and you have to succeed. But what does success look like as a principal? And I think had I gone into the role knowing that there was no answer for that, that maybe I wouldn't have beat myself up so much over feeling as if I couldn't ever get all the boxes checked at the same time and to feel as if that we were innovative and creative and, and doing all the fun, crazy, cool things while also educating children safely and, and holistically. Um, because you think you can go in and change the world and, and you do every day, but are you checking that box to the, the list of what it looks like to be a success, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, the quote that I've always heard is, if you're making everybody happy, then you're making no one happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I I agree. It just is to there was something I saw recently very similarly. And it just said that if if you aren't, if everybody loves you, then you aren't being genuine and authentic because we're going to have disagreements. There are going to be things that I disagree with or that you disagree with. And so if I'm just placating and just smiling and nodding all the time, then is that happy or is that just <laughs> keep right. keeping status quo staying calm I, I don't know how what that looks like yeah. yeah so if you were talking to somebody that was aspiring to be a principal would you give them the same advice or would you tell them something different no I, I think I think that would be a very big piece of the advice was that recognize that there are moving plates all of the time and that it is very hard to ever feel as if you have done right by all the things all the time for all the people and inevitably you're going to make a hard decision the easy decisions were made before they got to your desk so inevitably you're going to have unhappy people and i again feel like as leaders especially women in general we try so hard to people please and make everyone happy and we're here 12 15 hours a day and you're still mad because i didn't get, do this one thing that you wanted but, but what about everything else that i've done um, for them to be able to reconcile that together and, and again, to enjoy the privilege of the impact that you have. Um, there's no manual for this job. There's, there's really probably hardly a job that has a manual, honestly. Um, but I felt like when you step into that role, your title precedes your person every time. And they feel like the principal should know the answers. The principal should make the decision. They're, they're the boss. They're the one that got chosen. They have the magic book that tells you how to get it all right. But that's not true. Yeah. Learning and leading through experiencing what it felt like to do the very best I could and still have people unhappy or or recognize at the end of the day, maybe I wasn't the best wife and mom during that <laughs> during that season and tenure um, means that you've got to be able to give yourself that grace to recognize there is no manual. You're going to figure it out every day and it's going to be different, but it's also going to be amazing again very best job. Yeah. So you mentioned that you um, are an author. So tell us a little bit about some things that you have written. Absolutely. Um, through through some of these different, you know, virtual connections, Twitter, um, back in the day, uh, I had a, a group of people who um, connected via Voxer. And one of them was Melinda Miller, who was a principal in Missouri. And Melinda and I just connected over our love for 
cute and fun and encouragement and appreciation because that's such a huge piece of, of how I want to lead and how I felt motivated. And so she and I created a Facebook group together um, on staff appreciation and morale. So what does it look like, again, with, when you have 5,000 things to do, sometimes appreciation and um, staff climate culture, those kinds of pieces can fall to the bottom of the list or it's something that you delegate out or it's, I'm going to get to it as soon as everything else gets checked off and then you don't land there. So Melinda and I created this Facebook group and through that, um, it's just for school leaders and I think there's 25,000 people from around the world now, a part of this group. Um, but Dave Burgess and Beth Hoff and Shelly Burgess, his wife, um, reached out and asked if we would want to turn that into a book. And we were like, what? We're not authors. We're principals. What are you talking about? And one of the things that Dave said that I thought was so powerful was that this is a gift I don't have. I don't think this way. I don't look and, and immediately see this as a need or something that automatically needs to be done. If you could take that off of a principal's list for them, how great would that be? And that I think is what just kind of set fire to it because I, I am first to admit that teacher appreciation is way more than a jeans pass. I get that a hundred percent, but if you can't dig back any deeper than just that statement and still be able to do things for your staff, let me help you because I, I can, and I can show you what we've done and what all these thousands of leaders across the country have done to do little things here and there that, that can kind of help meet some of those teacher appreciation needs. And so we turned it into Lead with Appreciation, which is one of the, the pirate lead series that Dave Burgess has, has published. Um, and it's been so incredibly fun. And the Facebook group is still highly, highly active. And I still utilize it within my role here. But it's everything from how to genuinely and authentically know your team, how to not make the mistakes that Melinda and I may have made as leaders with generic gifts or feeling you had to spend a ton of money or how do you fit it into your day or how do you pay for it or when do you do it how when do you parent and mom and and also make crafts and do all the things and so we just kind of talk through all of that um a lot of it centers again on really getting to know your staff and what appreciation means to them and how you can differentiate in a way that doesn't um, break the bank or your back <laughs> And so we hope to just provide a ton of ideas any season. It's very calendarical, so it'll follow the different seasons, but also focus in on the holidays. And we try to be very diverse. So there is a lot of options there. But again, really, any of the activities can be suited for a high school, an elementary school, a middle school, um, especially post-pandemic. It's hard. <laughs> It's hard to be in education. It's hard to be a teacher. We've never asked more of them than we have here in the last three years. And so if I can do something that brightens their day or, huh, thank you. That was thoughtful. I want to sign up for that. And yeah. that's hopefully what this book is for people. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you that when I was named executive director of OAESP and uh, I started in January of 2020. So just a few weeks before the oh. pandemic hit. <laughs> But one of my closest and dearest friends, Dr. Cass Nelson, um, uh, bought the book. She wrote a note inside the book to me and and had it de delivered to to my office. And so, really? um, so your book was laying on my desk when I when I took this job. How cool is that? I love that. <laughs> so that's awesome. All right. Um, 
Let's see, uh, a couple of questions that I had. Uh, I think you've already have answered them. Um, um, you talked about your 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 uh, Facebook group. Um, so why should school leaders be a member and be an active member of their state association and also their national? Oh, I love that. Um, again, I, smartest person in the room is the room, right? Um, I by no means feel like I have all the answers or that I have done all the things and have seen all the things. But I want to be in the room with the people who have, and and I want to make connections. Leadership is lonely, and like I said, if you don't recognize and realize that so many people are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with, whether it's apathy or academics or budget, or you are not the only leader who's doing the job, right? Um, connect with other people who are doing the things that you're doing, and it could be something as simple as a statement or a refrain that is shared in a session or in a newsletter or a statement in a group on a on a social media site um, that can either relight your candle, reignite your passion and, and be a great reminder, but also again, remind you that you aren't doing this alone, that there are other people out there that can support you. And, and whether that's, hey, how do I balance? When do I cook dinner? <laughs> I'm so tired. What do I do? Or something as big as we want to build this incredible garden. I want to make an all-inclusive playground. I want to do this, that, or another. There are people out there that can connect you with, with ideas, resources, or don't do this. Make sure you don't say that and go this route. Don't go that route. But there aren't that many new and original things in the world. And I think that's probably hard for people to understand. But you're not the first fourth grade teacher to teach irrigation. You're not the first principal who struggled with a team that is dysfunctional. You have an, an assistant principal who's on the same page as you, or your director is harsh and, and unforgiving. I mean, those are just things I think that are realities that you can internalize and make your life more difficult rather than being able to have a conversation with somebody who can say, me too. Oh my goodness, yes. And, and then maybe be able to provide some support or guidance or at least be a buddy in the storm yeah so we're recording this in early january it's a new year 2024 mm -hmm. what are you most excited about in 2024 professionally and or personally question uh 2024 my word for 2024 we talked about it in our executive cabinet yesterday is simplify i am i'm closing in on my doctorate uh, should be finished in the spring of 25 with Texas Tech. And I have found that I have a very long list. I've got seven post-its on my desk right now. And so I'm constantly, I talked about that Achiever Enneagram thing. I want to do this and I want to do this. I have a book that I'm writing for George that I, I want to finish in 2024. I have to just constantly remind myself that it's okay to have a to-do list. Your to-do list rolls over, Amber. You, you, this this can happen. And I'm hoping to learn that lesson in this season of, of middle-agedness that I find myself in. Um, my daughter is a first-year teacher this year and getting to hear and see both her energy and her excitement for what she does has just been so gratifying to remind myself that I'm, I'm middle-aged and tired, but dadgummit, we're doing good things. And look at what, look at what the next generation is going to come in and want to do too. I'm excited for this next season of what it's going to look like for people who want to be educators and who are there for their students and that I get to be on this side of it and support and encourage 
is is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, if you are not registered for the OAESP Leadership Conference, do not walk. You run and go get signed up because you do not want to miss Jessica Cabine and Amber Tiemann as our keynote speakers. So, uh, Amber, as we just kind of uh, wrap some things up here, I'm going to turn it right back to you for some of your final thoughts. I cannot wait. I, I again, know how hard it is to be off campus and to attend a conference, but I also know what it's like to, to not put your oxygen mask on first. And, and I highly encourage your, your educators, yes, come see me and Jessica because we're a darn good time, but also let us remind you how incredible you are and how amazing you are and how you are doing the good work and that we are here to support you and, and to be there with you. Um, you you've got to take care of yourself too. And believe it or not, even as, as inconvenient as a conference may feel, it's going to push you through this spring and get you to summer, get you to the next place. And, and we're excited to be able to do it alongside you. All right. Well, we're looking forward to uh, you being here in Oklahoma in February and uh, appreciate you joining the podcast. Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. If you are not a member of COSA or OAESP, please go to our website, www.cosa.org, that's ccosa.org, and all memberships are prorated for the remainder of, of the year, and if you are a practicing uh, administrator in the state of Oklahoma, we would uh, love to have you as, as a member. The OAESP Leadership Conference is February 28th and 29th. Registration is still open. And uh, come and join us. Um, uh, as you know, uh, Jessica Cabine is going to be our opening keynote. And, and Amber Heeman, who you just listened to, will be our closing keynote. And brand new, just added, uh, the National Teacher of the Year, Rebecca Peterson from Union uh, Public Schools, will also be uh keynoting as well and so you do not want to miss that and uh, we also have a special uh, out-of-state guest who will be joining us and uh, Dr. Earl Franks the uh, NAESP executive director will, will be joining us as well so come come join us at the OAESP leadership conference February 28th and 29th the Women in School Leadership Conference is also open. Uh, Kristen Brown will be the keynote speaker, and the dates on that is March 27th and 28th at the Omni Hotel. And finally, the um, the COSA Summer Leadership Conference registration is now open with John Gordon as our keynote speaker. And every uh, person who registers for the conference will get a, a free copy of his latest book, uh, energy bus for schools and so you don't want to miss out on that and then uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Todd Whitaker will also be uh, keynoting and registration is open you can go to our website to uh, uh, find more information about that and uh, thank you for listening thank you for all you do and keep doing what's best for kids <music>